Hallelujah. To the King. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I'm touched in my heart. How about you? Amen. Good to know that we know a God that when we get to heaven, we're going to have all this kind of beautiful music and His Spirit's going to fill us up and we're going to be, have joy, un, unquenchable joy that never leaves us, that's always there with us. We don't have any disappointment or anguish or any anxiety. Can you imagine a life like that? Well, we can have it here on, on earth if we worship the Lord and get into His presence because in His presence is what? Fullness of joy. Do you guys look like you have fullness of joy? <laughs> We're supposed to have joy. Joy. Joy, joy, joy. Okay. So are you ready for the message today? I'm excited. I'm excited to give you the message today because I already know what's in it, you know. So <laughs> I get a preview of what's happening. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true, it's rich, and it can change our lives and change the circumstances that are around us. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. I ask you to guide my mouth and my heart to speak your words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to conclude our series on fulfilling God's calling in 2024. Now, just because we've had six, seven parts, we are, we're supposed to continue it throughout the year. Is that not right? We don't just say, oh, that's a good message, but, you know, and then forget about what we're supposed to do. We have homework assignments that we're supposed to do all throughout the year. Is that not right? So let's go over the six principles that we had for those of you that are new and for those of you who have heard it before. It's a reminder. It's good to keep reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. So the first thing is we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't that good news? We were called out of the world. Now, what's the world, you might say? All you have to do is look at, t look at TV and the Internet, and that's the world. You know, the passions and lusts and the, all the things that they're doing, selfishness and pride, arrogance. Oh, that's the world, okay? But we're not in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We've been called out. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then he called us to be conformed into his image. That not... that may seem like too tough a task for you to be in the image of Christ. When God looks at us, he looks at us as being like Jesus. Do other people look at you and say, oh, there's Jesus in there. I can tell you act like Jesus. You think like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. Amen. When people get angry, do you get angry with them or do you just keep your peace? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When people bug you, do you, you know, bug them? I, I, I heard this thing. If, you, if things bug you, then there's some bugs in you, right? So we can't. Now, here's the good news. You don't have to be conformed into his image on your own. You got the word of God. You got the spirit of God to change you from the inside out so that you're doing it. You don't even know why you're doing it. But God's spirit is taking hold of you. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, you're not the same person you were five, ten years ago. And if people saw you, they would say, you know, you're, you're different. You're more solid. You're more, you know, steady. And you're, you have something about you. And that's the Lord. Uh, and then the third thing is you're called to serve with your gifts and talents. And everyone has a gift and talent. Even if it's just to listen to someone, to encourage them, to be there to help them, that's a gift. Not everybody has. A lot of people just are passing through and don't take the time to hear what you need and be there for you. you that's a gift if you can have that. Praise the Lord. Then in February this month, we had three more callings that the Lord told me about. He said we're called to worship him. Isn't that nice? He says, I want you to worship me, not just for me, but for your sake, so that you can be in his presence. You go into the spiritual realm when you worship the Lord. Amen? 
He is a spirit, and when you worship him in spirit and truth, he comes and manifests himself to you. He, the Bible says that he, he um, inhabits the praises of his people. He said, you guys are praising me. I'm going to come down and sit and, and talk with you and be with you, and God will speak to you all throughout the day when you worship him. Amen? When you say good things to people, don't they like to be around you? You don't want to be around somebody that's complaining and uh, backbiting. But if someone's telling you how good you are, you know, I just love being around you. You have a great smile, good spirit about you. There are people that are like that, and you just want to be with them. So God says when you're worshiping him, he wants to be with us. Then he's called us to pray to him. This is amazing that he invites us to come and pray. He doesn't say, you know, you live your life down there on earth, and when it's over, then come up here, and then we'll talk. No, he says, you pray, then I'll come and answer your prayer. He says, call upon me, and I will answer. He says, come, into, come uh, boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I go to the throne room all the time to find mercy. And get grace to help in time of need. So today, we're going to talk about your call to be a witness. Oh, isn't that exciting? You get to witness. And what is a witness? When you take the witness stand, what do you do? You just tell somebody what happened. There was two cars. They were driving. One car didn't stop and smashed the other one. That's, I'm just being a witness. So what do you witness about? God was so good. I was headed on a, uh, a pathway of destruction. God came in, saved me. I just want to tell you about it. That's being a witness. So it's not that hard to witness. I want to take the mystique out of it and let you know that you can do it yourself. So just to see if we're on the same page, I have four questions to see where you stand. So let me ask you these four questions. Is God okay with me not leading someone to the Lord as long as I live a good Christian life? Is that true? False, right? That means you can live a good Christian life, but because you are, you want to witness to others and tell them about the goodness of the Lord, right? It's like fire shut up in, in our bones. Like Marianne was saying, God has been good to us. You have to tell others. When you have a good restaurant, don't you tell somebody, man, I had the best burrito down there. You should go down there. Oh, man, it knocked me out. You know, when we, we go to a good restaurant, uh, we go the next day, too. Oh, that was good. I would do it again, right? Okay, here's another question. I got, I got four. Since I don't have the gift of evangelism, God doesn't expect me to witness. False. Okay, why is that? Because it says that you should do the work of an evangelist and fulfill the minister as you were called to be an ambassador. So you may not have the office of an evangelism, of evangelist, but everyone is supposed to evangelize. Didn't he tell his disciples and us, go you into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Okay, number three, God made me shy like Moses, so I don't talk so good, so I can't witness. Is that true? Y'all can talk, right? Okay. You might not talk the best that you want to talk. And a lot of times when I witness to people, and if I'm not even saying the right thing, I know in the, in the beginning I'd be th thumbing around the pages trying to find the right scripture, couldn't find it. They'd be sitting there waiting for me. And, and, and after I got done, they'd say, yeah, I'll accept the Lord. I go, really? <laughs> I didn't even give you my best sermon. But sometimes I give the best sermon, and they don't want to receive the Lord. And I think to myself, that's a good message. What do you mean you don't want to receive the Lord? Because it's the Holy Spirit that will give you the words to say to touch the people's heart. Amen? He said, I will give you power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. All right, last question. I don't know enough of the Bible to be a witness. 
a lot of people think that, don't they? I, what if they ask me a question? I don't know. Well, you know what the right answer is? I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. You're not an authority. You're not a theologian. You're just telling them about the goodness of the Lord. And your spirit will get on them. Your love and joy of the Lord will get on them. I know when I first got saved, the lady that was ministering to me, the young girl, I was working in a store, and she was telling me how good God is and how he has a plan for my life. And I said, if you only knew the plans that I have this weekend, you would know that that is not God's plan. And, but there was something about her spirit that I liked. I said, man, she has peace and joy. I, I, I wish I could, you know, have that. And so a couple months later, when I finally accepted the Lord, it was because of the way she was. And she kept hounding me. She would come to the store, and she would look for me, and I'd be hiding in the, the columns, you know, trying to get a, away from her, and, oh, hi, how you doing? Yeah. And, you know, the Lord, she had that Pollyanna voice, you know, oh, the Lord loves you. He just has good things for you, and I'm going, oh. but, but God was reaching me by the Spirit, and God will use you to reach somebody by the Spirit. Now, uh, the Bible says, he that winneth souls are wise. That means you have to up your game. You have to learn how to reach people and touch people and be uh, a messenger for God for them. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are ambassadors for him. And we have to speak those words that will touch people in their lives. And the Holy Spirit will give you those words. Now, when I look at this, my desire for witnessing all started about 30 years ago when I, had gotten, when I got saved, and we had this lady who was like 95 years old, and she was a soul winner, and she came running into the office. She said, you got to listen to these tapes by this lady. She went to hell, and she told us how bad it was in hell and how they were burning, and the, the fire was on them. They couldn't get it off, and the worms were eating them. It was just utter darkness, and they were miserable, and they were groaning and moaning and wish that they could get out. And one guy said, I've been here 10,000 years. Lord, have mercy on me. Let me out. And he said, the judgment has already been set. You had a time when you were here on earth to accept the Lord. You did it, so now you're paying the consequences. It broke my heart. So when I look at people, I don't look at them as being tall or short or good-looking or bad-looking. I just said, are they going to heaven or are they going to hell? There's only two choices. There's no in-between. There's no, like, I'll, I'll work it out with the Lord when I die. No, you got to make a decision now. So we hear stories of people going to hell. Some of them are like, you know, I don't know if I believe that, but some do. But it scares you enough to know that it is real. And guess what the worst part is? It's eternal. And you can't, it's irreversible. You can't change. You know, I make mistakes in the world, but it's, oh, we'll fix that. You know, we'll change that or we'll get a new thing. Not in hell. Mm-mm, that's it. That's over. But Jesus talked about hell in his teachings, vivid imagery and strong language to warn his listeners about the dangers of sin and unbelief. Here's what he said. It's a place of unquenchable fire. Never goes out. It's utter darkness. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. A place where your worm dies not. And so Jesus tells a story about a guy. His name was Lazarus, not the one that he raised from the dead, but he was a rich man. And he had a beggar that would beg for food. And so Lazarus went to hell, and um, the, the servant, he went, he, he went to heaven. So he was begging Jesus, could you please have Lazarus just come and touch the tip of my 
tongue with some water. I just can't bear this unquenchable fire. And he said, no, you've made your decision, and so you have to live with it. He said, well, at least go tell my brothers not to come to this terrible place. He said, if they don't believe the prophet Moses or the preachers that are preaching, they won't believe that someone came from the dead. How many times do we go and tell people, you know, there's a place that you have to go. It's called heaven. There's a place that you don't want to go, and that's called hell. And we talk, we talk, we talk, but Satan has blinded their eyes, but you can't give up. You have to keep believing that God is going to do something for you. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm going to skip over to something um, Anthony, I'm going to skip over to uh, where I, the, when you witness to someone you know. So when you witness to someone you know, sometimes it's harder because they know your lifestyle. But you have to, I'm going to use it as an ac acronym, BLESS. You be a witness. Uh, be a witness. Do you see that there? Witness to someone you know. Praise the Lord. Okay, first you have to be a witness. You, they're looking at your life. You're a living epistle that everyone reads. They want to see how your, your life is, how your life's, are you serious? Are you genuine? Uh, you know, Allie, who comes to the church here, uh, I used to work with her over at Kaiser, and for three years, I kept asking her, can I pray with you for salvation? She said, I'm not really ready for that right now. I'm going, you're not ready for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I had to be a witness, and she said she watched me for three years to see how I was, was I a godly man, and who I was hanging around with, and how I acted, and then she felt comfortable and said, okay, I'm ready to accept the Lord. We were in the parking lot, and I prayed with her, and her life was changed and touched. I didn't give up on her. Every day, I would talk to her about the Lord. She came to my Bible studies, and Arturo and I invited her out to eat once a month, and uh, another lady named Darlene, we were with her. We didn't give up. We wanted her to go to heaven, praise the Lord. And then the, the L is you have to listen to what they have to say. You have to let them tell their story. And when they tell your story, you're able to insert some um, uh, Bible principles. When we took the kids up to youth camp uh, this, uh, this Friday, my wife and I, we had some uh, dinner at a restaurant before we came back home. And so this one waitress, she's, she wasn't the, the sweetest girl. You know, she's kind of rough and gruff. And, you know, she, I tell you, she had a big tattoo on her forearm. I said, this, this girl is not your ordinary girl. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, 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 I wanted to listen to what she had to say uh, so that I can insert. So we were talking, and I ordered the raviolis. I said, are the raviolis good? She goes, well... It looks good. I think people like them. So I ordered them. So she asked me at the end of the meal, she said, did, uh, did you like the raviolis? I go, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, the salad was really good. The bread was really good. The raviolis was good. Your service was good. But the, the uh, sauce, I'm, I'm used to a different kind of sauce. I'm used to prego, and this, you know, it, it was hard on my taste, you know. She goes, my, my husband said the same thing. He likes Prego, too, and I would make him my own homemade spaghetti sauce, and he didn't like it. He liked the Prego. I go, I can understand that. I, I really can. And, and so we got, got to talking about how long they've been married, and I told him we were married 40 years. Uh, I said we were happily married for like uh, 22 years, but we were married for <laughs> 40 years. She said, that's all, I can relate to that. <laughs> she says, and so she said she got married three times, once in Mexico, once in America, and once at a church. So then I asked her, well, what church uh, do you go to? She said, well, I don't go to church right now. 
And I said, well, let me ask you this question. I'm inserting some, some principles here. I said, well, what church do you go to? And she said, no, I said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And she said, what? I hope so. I don't think so, but I hope so. I said, this is your lucky day. <laughs> We're here. I'm a pastor. I've been studying the Bible. And how would you like to know for sure if you're going to heaven? She goes, yeah, that'd be great. I go, all you have to do is confess your sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. I go, well, you want to pray? She goes, yeah. So give me your hand. She had our dishes, our empty dishes in her hand. In <laughs> one hand, she said, I said the sinner's prayer, Father, repeat after me. Father, I thank you that you sent your son to die for my sins. I ask you to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and guide and direct me all the days of my life. Amen. And then I waited. I let the Lord speak to her and touch her. And you could see her eyes light up. I go, do you feel that? She goes, yeah. She, she, and my wife said, are you going to go to heaven now? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to go to heaven now. So you have to be a witness. Listen to what they have to say. You just can't just barge in and go like, you know what? Are you going to heaven or not? I mean, you know, are you a Christian or what's up with you? No, you, you listen to them. You eat with them. You show the love of God and you serve a need. It's so funny when I worked over at uh, Kaiser, uh, we have these some people that, uh, you know, they get upset at you for some reason, one reason or another, and, uh, we, you know, 65 people, and there's a lot of people, but sometimes I'd be walking in the hallway, and somebody that was upset at me for something would walk right by me, wouldn't even look at me, didn't acknowledge me, and just walk right by. And I said to myself, am I invisible? What is the story here? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you know? And, and I, so, but I just let it go, just prayed for them. But they always will have a need that you need to fulfill. So in a couple months, this woman called, you know, came to my desk, and real sweet, all of a sudden she's real sweet when they want something, you know. Uh, Chuck, uh, the manager said that you're the only one that knows how to do this one account. Could you help me with it, please? I looked at her like, what? You're talking to me? <laughs> sure, I'll help you. I was taken back a little bit. But when they need, have a need, you get to show the love of God to them. Amen? Sometimes there's people that get upset, and so I just wait for a time when I can minister to them and help them. So you serve a need. So now let's look at uh, witness to a stranger is what I was doing, making conversation. Just talk to them about the situation. Uh, talk to them about their life. Show the love of God. Listen to their story. Insert spiritual principles. Uh, let's go to a stranger. Next slide. Uh, insert spiritual principles and go for the sale. Amen? you you got to tell them, go for the clothes. Hey, do you, do you want to accept the Lord now? Don't be shy. Ask them. You ready to pray? And believe that the Lord will be there. Isn't that true? He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all men, and lo, I am with you. <laughs> He's with me. I expect the Lord to show up. Why? I'm working for him. He's, he, he's using me to touch people. And it's such a joy to see somebody accept the Lord. Their whole life has changed. Their eyes are open. They see the spiritual realm. They know that God has a plan for them. They know their heavenly Father. What a joy it is. Praise the Lord. So there's now the only problem that I had with witnessing to the waitress. You know what the problem was? Now the check came and I had to give her a tip. I couldn't, I couldn't give her a cheap uh, tip. <laughs> I just witnessed her. I just told her about how good God is. And then, then you know, like 5%. No, I had to give 
25%, praise the Lord, anyway. So that, and I gave her our website, so she might even be listening right now, praise the Lord. So this next slide says, so the three things that you have to have, you have to be dedicated to the Lord. Come on, do you love the Lord? Has he been good to you? Do you want to work for him, do things for him, praise the Lord? Uh, you pray for opportunities. Lord, use me. i am got my eyes, spiritual eyes open to see who needs the Lord so I can be a blessing to them. You know, say good things about him, and then believe for the Spirit of the Lord to be there with you. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. I'm with you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, I'm completely lost about where I'm going, uh, but <laughs> let's try to get back on track. So if you know how the Lord is, if you know his heart, you'll do those things that please him. Is that not right? My wife and I, we do those things that please each other. We know what we like, what we don't like, and so we try to do the things that they like and don't do the things that they don't like. Can I get an amen? And all the married people said amen. So <laughs> when we first got married, I, I was a little new at this, you know, Holy Ghost, you know, well, actually, knowing Marianne, you know, you know I think married women, they should have a book on, on what they like and what they don't like to save us a lot of trouble you know, to know exactly what we're supposed to do. So the first, her first birthday, I, I was busy at church, and I didn't have much time to think about what, you know, to get her. So on the way home, I said, I'm going to get her a gift at Rite Aid. Praise the Lord. So here's what I got her. Let's see, Anthony, do we have it up there? Look at that. Now, To me, that's cute. That's beautiful. Look like a little poodle, poodle bubble bath, you know, with the box. So I took it to her and I said, hey, baby, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And she goes, that's what you got me? I said, well, it's the thought that counts, isn't it? She said, well, you didn't think very much about that one at all. So I said, okay. So I figured, okay, this is, birthday's a big time, you know. I guess guys that she was dating, they would make a big deal about it and buy her stuff for three days and, you know, but, you know, I'm different. So, so I said, okay, let's try it, you know, next, next year. I tried next year. I bought her a dress and, and she didn't like the dress. I said, well, you know, everybody's got their own style. Then I would buy other things. It just wouldn't work out. So finally she said, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I got a catalog for Macy's and, and on page 145, item number 32, uh, I want you to go there and get that and make sure you get the gold, not the silver. I got it. Page 145, uh, item number 32. And I brought it and wrapped it, and it was just a beautiful time. We didn't have to worry about anything, right? She learned that from her, her brother, who he, for Christmas he wanted a bunch of airplane parts for his, for his, uh, for his car, uh, plane. We didn't know what they were, but he would tell us what page and what... Uh, you know, catalog to get it in. And then the best thing is when he opened it, he acts so surprised, you know. <laughs> oh, how did you know? It's really nice of you guys to give me this, uh, this thing. And so, so now, but now we've been married 40 years, so now we do it a little different. Now she goes and buys it, and she tells me, come and see what you bought me. <laughs> 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 so we don't have that problem anymore. Amen? 
she still makes me rapid, but you know, that's, that's all right. <laughs> so, let's, so, um, Jesus, the Lord was reminding me, Jesus, when he called his disciples, what's the first thing he told Peter when he, when he came to him? He said, come, follow me, and I'll what? Make you fishers of men. I'll make you to become. That's the first thing he said. He didn't say, I'll show you how to do miracles. I'll show you how to, you know, raise the dead. He said, I'll teach you how to make disciples. Come follow me. And the last thing he said was go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then when he rose from the dead, he said, I will give you power to be witnesses to me to all the parts of the earth. What's on his heart? He wants us to uh, uh, be evangelizing, talk to everyone about him so that no one goes to hell. He wishes that all be saved. Now, let's, you know, I, uh, I like to watch Christian movies sometimes to get like a visual effect of what it looks like. And so this little clip is from The Chosen. I don't agree with everything they say, but I like this little uh, video. Uh, Richard, if you could turn the lights off for me. Uh, this little video that gives you a, a visual of, of what it looks like. Put that down for a catch. A little bit farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. We've been doing this all night. Nothing. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, leave it up there. What, what, what one thing did they leave out? It said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They left that out, right? But let's look at this a little bit. Uh, Peter says to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your what? Is that singular or plural? plural. Let down your nets. What had happened is they brought all their nets in, and they'd cleaned them. It takes a lot of effort to clean them. And so he didn't want to let down all of his nets. So what did he do? But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Singular. He said, okay, I'll halfway obey you. Isn't that what we do? But the Bible says he gives exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or think. If you keep believing in him, he'll do that. So they signaled to, for the partners to come in the other boat. Let me see the next. Uh, uh, so he fell at his feet, depart from me. Okay, next one. You'll catch men. So I don't think they really knew what they meant by catch men. Like grab them or bring them to prison. Or what do you mean catch men? But, you know, uh, Peter, after the Holy Ghost came upon him, his first sermon, guess how many people got saved? His first sermon. 3,000. Let's see. They just had, they had some iPhones up there. So look at that. They got saved and baptized in one day. Then two, two chapters later in Acts 4, he gets 5,000 saved. The boy's doing some preaching. He's doing some catching, isn't he? Now, why did Jesus get fishermen? Well, they're uneducated. They're rough and tough and don't take no stuff. And, and why would he? Because they're, they're rugged. They're endurable. They're, they're, they can toil all night. They endure hardships. They, they don't ha he doesn't have to unteach them. They didn't have any education. How about us? We can just come as we are. God said, I will teach you how to be fishers of men. Isn't that good news? You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the best talker. All you have to do is be willing to let God use you, and he will wherever you go. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's see what I have here. Uh, oh, so I was talking to Leanne. Now, that, that's amazing how much fish they could get. Isn't that amazing? How, where would you find that amount of fish? Like marine land or where, where would you get those fish? Anybody know? Pudding stone. I don't think so. <laughs> they catch one at a time over there. I've seen them. Amen. 
<laughs> so I asked Leanne, because I, I always ask Leanne the behind-the-scenes uh, stories, because she's, you know, she's an actor, producer, director, world-famous. And anyway, so, <laughs> so when we do skits together, I said, uh, Leanne, how am I doing? She just says, you're doing good. I go, but am I, like, almost professional? She said, almost, you know. I said, she said, do, did you really want to be an actor? I said, no, no. A thousand times, no. I don't. <laughs> so we have a, so how they did that scene, because I had to look it up. She already knew about it, but I looked it up, and it's a green tarp, you know, where they can do computerized uh, fish, green tarp with balloons in it. And they, it looks like they're really struggling, isn't it? That's good acting. And they told him, don't put your hands on the tarp. Make sure you're always underneath or on the side so that they could, you know, show the computerized fish. And so I go, well, that's pretty good. And then I looked at more. You know, when the boat was tilting, there's a guy on the side pushing it up like this and making it tilt. I go, they're fooling me, okay? Then, then Leanne broke my heart. She said, you know, when Jesus was walking on water, they were in the studio, I go, what do you mean in the studio? <laughs> did, you, did you see the waves? Did you see this, the sea? So I went and looked. At the, can you show them? Where, there they are in the studio. I go, oh, my God. Jesus has a little platform that he's walking on. But in real life, Jesus did walk on water. Amen. You can believe that. Glory to God. So in, in conclusion, I want to tell you a little story about how Jesus witnesses, Right? Let's see how he witnesses. Uh, when he goes to the... Uh, oh, let me tell you this story. When I was at Kaiser, I did a lot of... Wherever you go, you can witness. We had this one guy, and I won't mention his name, but he used to brag about how he used to be with ladies and how great he was and how drunk he got and all this stuff. And I'm going, I'm looking at him like, oh, please. And, and you know, there's a little enmity between him and I because, you know, I'm trying to be godly and he's not trying to be godly. And... A couple of times over the, over the whole, um, you know, floor, he'd be yelling at me, you know, like, I did this and no one can stop me and I'm going to do that and, you know, I don't care what anybody says. And I'm going like, oh, brother. And, and so, but I didn't, you know, fight back. When he was alone in the lunchroom, I would go up to him and I'd go, hey, brother, um, what do you think about the Lakers? You know, they think they're going to, you know, win this one. And he was a big basketball fan. So he would talk to me about the Lakers and I just calmed him down. And then, so this went on for 15 years. Can you say 15 years? 15 years. And then on the last week, the very last week that I was about to retire, he comes up to me and he says, do you know where I can get a Bible? I looked at him, oh, you got to be kidding me. What do you mean? You want a Bible? <laughs> My heart, you know. I go, yeah, I, I can get you one. So the next day I brought him a Bible. And I go, what, what happened? He goes, well, my son used to come up to the house on Sunday night, and we'd watch the basketball game, but he doesn't watch the basketball game with me anymore. He goes to Bible study. So I'm going to go with him to Bible study, and I needed a Bible. And I said, praise the Lord. I didn't give up on him. I didn't get angry with him. I didn't fight fire with fire, but you got to show the love of God with him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so last, last uh, uh, story. And we're going to go to uh, uh, where Jesus was, the woman at the well. You know that story? Okay. All right. So uh, this is um, in John chapter 4, verse 9. Are we there? 
John chapter 4, verse 9. Look at, look at how good Anthony does, you know. And give Anthony a... Give Bill a round of applause, too. He's working that sound. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now Jesus is going to go to uh, somewhere, Galilee or somewhere, and usually the Jews would go around Samaria. They didn't want to go through Samaria because they didn't like the Samaritans because they were half Jew and half Gentile, and they thought they were all that in a bag of chips, so they didn't want to associate with them. They were unclean, so they would take a longer route. But Jesus said, I must go through Samaria, and guess what? You, too, must go through some area in your life, some people that you have to go to, be with. Why am I here, Lord? Why did you give me this job? How can I, why am I here at this place? Why am I here in this marriage? Okay, why did you give me these kids? I mean, some area that you go through that God has caused you to, to work on your character. Woman, how is, and then, so here's what the woman said. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a woman, for a drink, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus broke the barrier. What was the barrier? First, she was a Samaritan, then she was a woman, and then she was a sinner. All three things that uh, a good Jewish uh, ruler or teacher would never do. In fact, I didn't know this, but a married man could not talk to his married wife in public. Well, that's pretty serious, isn't it? Women were not allowed to speak. I think we should incorporate that. It, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, easy, 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 easy. Stop <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't throw stones. All right. I'm just talking Old Testament, you know. <laughs> but they weren't allowed to speak. That's why Paul said, if they're going to speak, let them talk to you at home. Don't be babbling, you know, in their corners about things. So, so she was surprised. She was there at, at noon when it was hot because nobody would talk to her because she was a sinner. She had five husbands. That's a lot, isn't it? I think so. Okay. And Jesus, he, didn't, he, he, he kind of just went through it. He says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Whoa. He's talking with her. He's making conversation. He's slipping in a spiritual principle. And she's thinking to herself, living water? What is this living water? But she didn't get it yet. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And Jesus answered, here he is. He's going right from the natural into the spiritual. He says, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. I mean, whoever drinks of this water will thirst, but whoever drinks of the water that I give them, they'll never thirst again. Wow! Because I shall give you water that's springing up into everlasting life. And she said, I don't understand this, but give me that water, right? That I may not thirst again. Like the, the, the woman at the, uh, at the restaurant. I was promising her salvation. I was promising her uh, presence of the Lord. She didn't understand it. She said, but I'll pray. We prayed, and the Lord was there. Amen? So she said, give me this water that I may not thirst again. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. And she, he said to her, you're, you have rightly spoken. You've had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. She was an outcast. 
How many outcasts do you come up against? How many people that are discouraged and have life that is miserable to them? You are bringing them hope. God wants to use you to bring them and give them life. Amen? So how many of you are going to sign up for this? How many of you are going to be, say, I'll be partakers? The, the Bible says what? The, the, uh, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. How many want to sign up to be a laborer, to go in the fields, the harvest fields, and bring in the fruit and the harvest for the Lord? And if you do that, you're working for the Lord, and guess what? He's going to be happy with you. He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you because now you're working for him. And that's the way I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I had lymphoma cancer. I said, Lord, you can't take me. I can't leave. I got people I got to minister to out in the street wherever I go go. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm employed by you. <laughs> How many of you want to be employed by the Lord? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear words that will encourage us to go out and reach those that are lost, to tell them about the wonderful news of how Christ died for their sins, to let them know that there is eternal salvation in you, that all they have to do is ask, and you will Give your, your, your free gift of salvation. We thank you for it. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen.